This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with The Church Boys. I am here with Chris Field, and we have a very special guest on today, journalist, author, David Gregory. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, thanks for coming on. We, uh, you know, we're excited about your book, and I think it's so fascinating because this book that just came out, How's Your Faith? It's your first book, and it's a faith book. So I wanted to ask you, just sort of diving right into this, what, why did you choose the subject matter? Well, I think it's probably the biggest journey of my life. You know, it's 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 the bigger journey in life. You know, which is about me asking uh, the biggest questions of myself and and some very important faith leaders. You know, who am I? Who am I trying to become? Um, how do I deepen my faith? Uh, the title of the book comes from a question I was asked by President Bush, who heard that I was studying Bible and and had been for a while and was trying to deepen my faith and. And he asked me that question, which I thought was just so incredibly penetrating and uh, and provocative. Um, and it was a question that I welcomed and, and really appreciated. You know, I, I, there's always a bit of surprise, right? When I talk to people, they're like, what? You know, we got from <laughs> big, you know, I don't like the term mainstream media, but you know what I mean? Like right, big yeah. mainstream media guy, secular DC, you're writing about what? And uh, so I get that. There's, I'm not writing about media. I'm not writing about politics. I'm not writing about you know, my, my time at NBC, um, I'm writing about my pursuit of God, and um, I, I love the subject. So today, you know, as we stand now, and I think, I think it's a fascinating topic, and I think par- probably one of the things that appeals people to it is that it is surprising, but, but what role today does faith play in your life? You know, I think it's just so big. I, you know, I think it's, I grew up in Los Angeles, um, Jewish, uh, you know, my, my father's Jewish. My mother was raised in the Catholic church, became a lapsed Catholic. So I was raised like a lot of Jews, you know, culturally Jewish, ethnically Jewish, um, in a pretty secular town that LA is, that DC is. Um, and you know, it, it was, it was getting to the point where my wife and I, my wife is Christian, um, we had young kids and I wanted to be a Jewish family. And she really challenged me by saying, look, I I know what you are, but what is it you believe? And if you want to lead our family in faith as a Jewish family, you know, you really need to know that. And so I think it was more of a blank slate for me, um, through study, through prayer, through really kind of opening my heart through personal failure, through setbacks. Um, you know, I think I've just become more grounded in faith. I feel like I have a much, um, you know, better and, and growing relationship with God. And I just think, you know, I, I have a, a rabbi friend who says he doesn't like the question, do you believe in God? He said, do people go around asking if, if you believe in love? He said, no, you know, I mean, if you're lucky enough, you know love. I feel like I know love in my life and I know God in my life. And that's, that's a change for me. And that's just because of the path that I've been on where I've been, you know, open to receiving. Yeah, and you know it's it's fascinating to me too because I would imagine, and I can't speak for you obviously, so I guess I'll ask you, what, you know, what are some of the differences that you and your wife have theologically? Uh, because I'm always fascinated by that in, in a marriage when there are differences, and many times there are in the area of faith and religion. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I think it's not so much that we we kind of uh, go around spelling out theological differences. You know, somebody asked me in an interview, they're like, isn't there a lot of tension over eternal salvation? 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, but like, that's after we get the kids to school. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is not a major issue of debate. I think the, the challenges of interfaith life is, you know, for Jewish identity, there is a lot of peoplehood. There's a lot of uh, ethnic identity. And, of course, there is the theology. I mean, I grew up like a lot of Jews who don't necessarily know the theology as well. And so it's less about the tension about, say, you know, whether Christ is my Lord and Savior, you know. Uh, it is more about being on a spiritual path, more about, you know, a kind of universal approach. And do we make room for each other's beliefs? And are we creating a, you know, just kind of a family dynamic where we're all growing in spirit together? And I think the hardest thing in our family is my wife, Beth, who was willing to sacrifice her faith traditions and not passing those, to sacrifice, you know, you know, to give up on passing them on to our children. That was a huge sacrifice. And I think she has some regrets about it. I think she struggles with it. I think she's also happy she did it and, and meant it as a gift to me. But it's not always easy because it's, it's quite a big thing to give up on and you don't really realize it until your kids start to get older and you, as, this, as in her case, when you start to feel left out of, of where the family is uh, as a as a family identity. So did For, you, so I was ahead, I was going to ask uh, on the interfaith thing. Um, <clears throat> so has she I, she gave up on not gave up I, I used the words gave up but she was willing to sacrifice having uh, her religious tradition or her faith be the lead faith in the family and let you take the lead, which is a very honorable Judeo Christian thing to do. Um, but she hasn't given up on her faith for herself or living her faith for your children. Is that correct? No, that's right. And I think that, no, I think that's exactly right. She was not interested in converting to Judaism because right. she grew up in the Methodist church and felt very strongly about that and didn't want to let that go. And I respected that. I think I blame myself and I write about this in the book for not, um, not really appreciating how big the sacrifice was Yeah. because the truth was that I just don't think I was, um, you know, I just wasn't enough of a faith-filled person at the time to recognize what a big deal it was. Hmm. I think I realize that a lot more now. And so one of the ways I try to make that up for, to her, I mean, I've been trying to, you know, work with Beth to, you know, pursue, for instance, you know, our, our observation and celebration of Shabbat on Friday nights with a meal. Um, you know, it's something that I think really appeals to both of us in the Judeo-Christian tradition of celebrating God's creation and trying to stop and separate from the rest of our week and appreciate what, what God has blessed us with in our lives. Um, and that ability to stop time and observe and appreciate is something that mm. is so evocative of her own childhood, you know, on Sundays after church. So, you know, some of that is a real shared tradition. But I also like to go to church with Beth. And I, I've encouraged her to do more of that and wanted to go with her more because I, I want to honor her tradition. Um, and, I, and I do more often now encourage us all to go as a family, if for no other reason than to honor mom. Yeah. Um, and so we'll do that occasionally. I even now go to church on my own. I was just up on Nantucket recently, and I, I was there by myself for a conference doing something for the book. And, and I went to the, the congregational church up there because I like the pastor very much. And Again, for me being on this faith journey, I mean, it just helps me learn. You know, I mean, I want to. I'm very inspired by Christianity and by Jesus, and um, I just like to learn more. And uh, it's a way for me, in effect, to study and to to experience it through prayer and 
and exposure. So, you know, I feel like if I'm writing about faith and exploring, you know, I, I'm going to be open to all faith experiences. So is you mentioned, is that, go ahead, Billy. Is, is that journey for you? Because I think it's fascinating, you know, you having your background that you have in, in politics and sort of taking that into the faith arena. Is this a journey for you that you would say is very much still unfolding? Um, do you see an end point? Because a lot of people sort of arrive at a point and say, this is what I believe and I want to grow still, but this is it. You know, where, where are you sort of in that world? Are you... Could you see? Well, so yeah, I want to. I, I think it's a good question because you know uh, uh, there's, you know, also I mean, like the word journey. You know, my my friend Jeff Goldberg, who writes for the Atlantic and and interviewed me, it is is uh, decidedly against the word word the journey. He thinks you know you should only say journey while you're in the middle of a yoga session, um, which actually he's never said that, but I know that's what he believes. Um, but but I I say it unabashedly anyway. But you know I I like Russell Moore. You know who you guys probably know the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. And you right. know when when I interviewed him for the book, Doctor Moore said to me basically, you know this is all well and good your journey. He said, but you know faith alone isn't enough. It's faith in what you have to arrive at a certain truth, a certain moral horizon. Right now his point was that, you know, you either accept Christ as your savior or you don't. And if you don't, then, then he, you know, uh, a conservative Christian doesn't, you know, thinks he thinks I haven't arrived. Right. My point is, I feel like I know my truth, you know, I, I, I'm, but, but I don't know what I don't know. You know, right. I, I am Jewish. I am rooted in my Jewish faith and my traditions. I believe that, um, that's not something that I choose. I think it was something that I was born into and that's who I am. And I love it. I love to be Jewish. And I, I think with, with being rooted in that way, I'm also really eager to reach out. So, you know, I certainly don't think, you know, God is done with me yet. And, and God may have much more to reveal to me. And my heart is open. And uh, I haven't worked everything out. I don't have all the answers. Uh, and that's what I said to Russell. I said, you know, I, look, I, Christ might be my Savior. I just haven't worked that out yet. Right. I mean, I, you know, and I, I don't know. And I'm not overly concerned about working out that piece of it. And I mean that with all respect and reverence, sure. but I mean, I just, this is who I am and this is how I was raised and this is, you know, where I'm headed. So I'm not journeying and questioning and experimenting. I, I believe in a real moral horizon, but for me, the work is never done because I feel like I'm trying to grow in spirit. I'm trying to become more grounded in faith and I'm trying to deepen my humility in faith, which is to understand that I fail as a human being and in God's eyes on a daily basis. And some days are worse than others. Right. And I like to say, you know, well, being on a book tour or being on television, uh, neither are really great for your spiritual journey sure. because they end up, you know, being a lot for you right. about you. And, um, so that's kind of how I approach it. So let me, let me ask you this. You said toward the beginning of this interview, you mentioned, uh, your pursuit of, of faith and pursuit of God. That's a very active way of looking at it. What does, for you, what does pursuing look like? What what are the, what are the things that you do in your daily pursuit? I, I know for for uh, working with teenagers, I remind them you know, at our church you need to be spending time in prayer or spending time uh, in, yeah. you know in the Word and that sort of thing. What is it? What does a, an active pursuit for David Gregory look like? Well, it's daily prayer. Um, you know, I pray in the morning and I and I pray at night and I try. I, I read um, meditations. I read. Frederick uh, Beekner. Mm -hmm. I read um, a Jewish rabbi named Abraham Tversky, who has uh, um, got a book called Living Each Day. So I try to reflect on those, you know, meditations, and um, I, I study the Psalms. 
Um, you know, I, I read uh, scripture. I mean, I try to be in the Bible most every day. Um, and I, I think I look for things that really sort of speak to me. Um, I guess one of the things that I believe in a really active sense is Psalm 16, you know, which is translated in some ways, which is I keep God before me always. Mm. You know, the idea in what way am I keeping God in front of me um, in, in everything that I do so that, you know, to me that, that spiritual relationship is that God is always bearing witness. God is there with expectations and inspiration. Um, and, you know, there's this quote by, I just read the other day by Abraham Heschel, the rabbi, who said, you know, faith doesn't come out of nothing. It comes with the discovery of the holy dimension of our existence. Hmm. So, I mean, that's something I try to hold actively and, and really kind of meditate on so that I am in pursuit of that relationship, you know? Um, so that, that's what I mean in terms of pursuit. And, and, I, and I describe it as pursuit too, because I think it's hard, you know, I mean, there's lots of ways to fall short and I do. And, um, the relationship with God, I think takes work. I mean, really trusting God and making it kind of an affair of the heart and not an affair of the head. So I think, uh, you know, these are things that I'm, I'm, it's, I'm always just trying to grow and learn and practice. And I don't feel like any one day is like another. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, faith, faith for you has obviously always been a part um, to, to some level of your life since you were a kid, it seems. And one question I had for you is just what was the what was the first moment that you can remember really feeling the presence of God? Well, that's a good question, but it really wasn't when I was a kid. I mean, you know, I think that's one of the things that I, you know, talk about. I mean, for me, this journey starts, you know, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, um, you know, I was at a point in my life where I was very, um, you know, I'm, I'm covering the White House, uh, my career's on the ascent, I've got a wonderful wife and three great kids, and I feel that vulnerability of mm. being successful and thinking, well, what else is there? And I feel so grateful how do I express that gratitude. It was also a time when I, I, I was challenged by Beth to lead our family in faith, and I was humbled by that and thought, okay, you know, what does it mean to be Jewish? What does it mean to be a person of faith? And if I can't discover that meaning and higher purpose, you know, then, then I, I can't pursue this. And so that's where the journey begins. I write in my book about my alcoholic mother, my mother Carolyn, who really struggled with alcohol for a long period of time. And when her world kind of came crashing in through a bad relationship and, and struggles with money, she was arrested for drunk driving when I was 15 and I was in the car. It was, uh, and my speech coach was in the car after I'd won a, a speaking event um, in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. And one of the things about that whole period for me of kind of confusion and anger and, um, you know, uh, just embarrassment about my mother was that I didn't have faith. I didn't trust in God. I didn't. You know, there's nobody in my life who told me, hey, this is a, this is a bum deal right now, but it's, it's going to be okay. And so I think the spiritual longing that I described feeling a minute ago, you know, uh, roughly a decade ago, really begins in a way before I could ever identify it at a time when, um, you know, when I was a little bit lost. 
Well, and and talking about your departure from from NBC and and all of that, which was very obviously very public. What yeah. role at that? Because that I, that's one of those moments. I think most people experience those things. Well, in fact, I know most people experience them without the public eye sort of being on it, and that adds a whole other dynamic of complication and and pain. I think to something yeah. like that. How did your faith guide you through that? Well, I mean, remember, I, it's very, it's easy to, you know, think about my book and think, oh, I, you know, this guy got fired and then he found God. Um, and, you know, I, it almost would have been more straightforward if that were the case, but that was not the case. I was on this path and I was studying and trying to grow and, and, and trying to bring that into my professional world. But there's no question. I mean, you know, losing my job, facing that kind of public scrutiny. I mean, it was just, a, it was a little heavy and it was, you know, again, as if I'd done something wrong, I was doing my best and things didn't work out. Um, uh, but there was a, it was a level of it that just seemed unnecessary. And I, I, I think my faith steadied me, you know, I mean, I think it gave me a sense of perspective. It gave me a sense of comfort. You know, I have a friend, a rabbi, Rachel Cowan in New York, who likes to ask, well, where is God in this situation? And, and, I think the question of where is God in any situation in our life is really important. And I think I realized, I realized in that moment that I may have been feeling really bad and I may be humiliated and I may be really disappointed about how it all went down and feeling a big sense of failure. It was the first setback I'd ever had in my career, but I still sensed that the presence of God, that, that I was being comforted, that I had, you know, First of all, I, you know, unlike a lot of people lose their job, I was very financially secure, you know, great wife and, and love around me and um, a knowledge of kind of who was a real friend and who wasn't. And you know, so I had so much there for me and that presence of kind of was such a comfort, you know, but there's another piece of it as much as I was trying to model graciousness, you know, especially for my kids, um, I still struggled. You know, I mean, my faith didn't always hold me from what was a big identity crisis. Hmm. You know, the question of who are you? Right. And I write about in the book, my teacher, Erica Brown, is my uh, spiritual advisor, makes it sound like I'm the president and she's in the cabinet. <laughs> um, but she's my teacher and my friend. And, you know, she said years ago, she said, who would you be if you lost it all? And I said, well, I don't know, Erica. I mean, I, you know, I've been on television and in TV news since I was 18 and here I was 44 and the first time I had a setback. So that question of, of who I, my identity, if I'm not that guy on television, if I'm not that guy with the fancy title and the big profile, then what am I? I have struggled with that in the past year. And I think it's just, it's grounded me in faith. In other words, it's helped me move faith from my head to my heart to see even if I, if through, through setbacks, through personal failure, through, you know, my faith not holding me or me failing to um, live up to what God expects of me or what I got, you know, what, what I expected myself, that God still loves me and that, um, that he's still a presence for me and that I have a, a, a much deeper, more durable uh, identity, uh, being not just a journalist, but a husband and a father and a, and a and a person created in God's image and, and in a way where I can, I feel that it's not, you know, that's never something I would have said you know, early on in my life with any conviction, but I just sort of know it to be true now. And that carries me. It helps me carry myself in a way that feels more substantial as opposed to, you know, this idea of, you know, thinking I'm something, um, you know, I feel like I know it more now. Wow. 
what's the big takeaway? What's the big thing that you want people, readers of, of How's Your Faith, to take away from the book, to leave feeling or thinking? Well, I, that, that faith is a challenge, that it's hard. I certainly, I certainly don't have the answers, um, and that I feel like I personally have a lot more work to do. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm, I'm positioning myself or being preachy in a way that I don't intend to be. I guess I, I really invite people to ask the question of themselves, whatever the answer. I mean, I think what I appreciate about the question, how's your faith, is that it's an invitation to self-examination, um, to examine what provides meaning and purpose in your life. And it's a question that I've just come to believe is the most important thing um, in life. And I think often we're reluctant to talk about it. Um, and I guess you don't talk a lot of, about it in public life. And, and people who do, you know, uh, I guess certainly in a town like Washington and in a business like mine, it's a little bit more unusual. And yet I think it just, it's, it's, it's really important to people. It's right below the surface. And, you know, I think people experience some kind of spiritual longing at different times of their lives. And they may, there may be different vocabulary that you attach to it, but it is that desire to really live with meaning and purpose. So I think the exploration is really worthwhile. I think the journey is really um, worthwhile. And I guess, you know, I, I'm hopeful that this is not seen as a book about me, but it's a, but it's a book about you cool. and, um, and, and, and the journey that, you know, you can take for yourself. Absolutely. It's pretty, Absolutely. Pr- pretty deep, David. <laughs> no, gee, God, I hope I don't sound too religious. <laughs> hey, okay. I said that to my buddy who interviewed me, and I'm like, oh, man, I hope I don't sound too religious. He's like, oh, that's funny.